welcome to the Privilege Eruption podcast with me, Ishreen Bradley, Chief Inspiration Officer at Belonging Pioneers. And me, Kami Nuttall, founder of Culture Lab Consultancy. Privilege is a conundrum that dilutes the culture of fairness at work. And as a leader, you recognize that your organization has more to do. You want to create success through connection and belonging, and you're unsure about how to make it happen. Now, the Privilege Eruption podcast is where you have the opportunity to evolve breakthrough thinking about the impact of power, privilege and purpose and how that shows up at work. And in these podcasts, you will gain the courage and confidence to realize a culture of inclusion for all. How deeply have you thought about this concept of power? You have it, you don't have it. Maybe it's situation specific. So sometimes it's there. We have this idea or feeling of power. Sometimes we don't have this feeling of power. But what is this thing called power? Power is the ability or capacity to do something or act in a particular way. It could mean having agency if we think about it for ourselves. It could mean the the ability to do something for a particular outcome with a particular goal in mind. More traditionally, perhaps, we, when we think about power, we probably think about you know the way our society is organised with leaders and followers. It may show up in our schools. In fact, it absolutely shows up in our schools. It shows up in our communities. It shows up in our universities, our colleges. It shows up in the way our society is organised from the point of view of those in governance, government, and those of us who vote them in. So where does power sit? Who has power? Who does not have power? Inevitably, power is tied up with another concept, and that's authority. So people may perceive, and you might perceive that, you know, if you have power, you have authority, or those in authority have power. But actually, those two concepts are actually two very different things. Power shows up in our workplace, and perhaps this is where we can understand it better. And for me, power is the degree to which we can influence other people, their thinking, their behaviours, their actions. Inevitably, it's actually about leading people. That's what power really is. And that's why it can show up in our workplace culture on a day-to-day basis. Ishreen and I, in today's episode talk about power, we talk about how it shows up at work, why it matters, and why it matters to leaders. We explore this idea of how we use our own individual power for for the greater good. And we also may, you know, think about how, how we perceive how other people use power, whether it's for a good outcome or a less good outcome. Let me start with um, how power might be defined. Um, and this is my own way of looking at it. And that is, it's the degree to which we can influence other people, their thinking, their behaviors, their actions. So for me, I was very much about leadership and leading people. Absolutely. And, and actually the, the biggest examples in today's world, I think are influencers, right? We see them everywhere in yeah. social media. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, they have power. Yeah. Now, you know, one hopes that they're actually using their power for good, you know, great with great responsibility in that sense. 
But when we take this conversation into the workplace, then, you know, I, I think I, I have questions about how power shows up. How do we use our individual power and how do we perceive other people to use their power? Yeah. So, so there's some really important questions, right? So I'd love your take on this. So from a culture perspective, what rules and beliefs do we hold about power in our organization? Hmm. What rules and beliefs do we hold about power in our organization? Yeah. 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 So um, this comes to the first five of right. my five, 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 right? So I think there are different kinds of power mm, mm. Um, in humanity and it shows up in organizations, right? Yeah. Um, so the first is the power to reward. Yeah. yeah. So if somebody knows that um, yeah, doing something for you or doing what you want them to do will result in them getting a reward, whether that's more money or... Um, a promotion or a referral of some sort, you know, that's a very significant amount of power. And it does, it comes with great responsibility, right? Because, it if, does. you know, if you don't want to have an organization of yes people. Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, that's, so that's, that's also then leads me to another question. Oh, I haven't finished my five yet. Oh, sorry. That's just sorry. the one, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, so then the opposite of reward is coercive power. That's the second kind of power, right? Right, right. So, so you know, we're all familiar when we were children, we'd either get a sweetie for doing something good or we'd get, you know, punished. And the coercive power is the punishment, right? So mm -hmm. if you don't mm -hmm. do what I want you to do, then you won't get this. Right. Or this will happen to you. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, and I find these two are still, it's funny, you know, it, it starts with childhood and parenting, but those two kinds of power have become so embedded yeah. in our culture that it shows up in organizations. You can see managers using those two. Oh, gosh, yeah. Not, I, not I, always I, in the most ethical way, right? I completely agree. And I think actually what I'd like just to interject here is that where you said about us learning from childhood, mm. again, another question for me is what do we value in terms of power? You know, yeah. and really specific examples come up for me. And that is around how we value confidence at work. Yeah. You yeah. know, is confidence a form of power? Yeah. If we don't, if we're said to lack confidence, does that mean we lack power? Yeah. And people and, who are rewarded for, yeah. for confidence, right? Exactly. Well, I, I, I wonder if a reward and coercive power actually take away confidence because mm -hmm. it builds dependency. Whereas something That's like, you know, something like positional power would build confidence in the person with position. So the third type of power I would say it's positional power. So if I'm your manager, then I have more confidence in myself. <laughs> I, have a, I have another question on that one. Go on then. Right. So if you are perceived to have power, you have automatic authority. I think that's true. It might not be the right thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but I think it's true. You know, if um, I was just having a conversation with a client today and we set up, you know, in our work, we set up what we call race resolution teams. Mm. And this person was telling me, well, the CEO is in this race resolutions team. 
So mm-hmm. how could anyone else chair it? Which completely destroys the point of a race resolutions team, right? Well, that, that, that tells you a lot about the perspectives of power yeah. held in that organization. Exactly. exactly. So it's, you know, very highly dependent on positional power. Um, and so if I knew my organization operated that way, if I went to a meeting and I was the most senior person there, mm-hmm. I would automatically have more confidence and yeah. the m- more junior people there would be almost, you know, scared to speak up. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a very dangerous kind of power, positional power. Um, the most dangerous, dangerous, though, I think is number four, which is referent power. Right. You know, so to somebody who has a lot of charisma, you know, and so so they get um, they get their way almost. That's what power is in a way, isn't it? It's kind of getting yeah. their way if you're there's, not ethical about it. There's also a cultural dimension to this, though, as well. In in yeah. not a workplace culture, but I mean an upbringing culture, a national culture, where we're from, culture type thing. Yeah, yeah. Because deference is also. You know, we're, we're, you know, what are we taught as children when we look at family structures and family dynamics? Yeah. You know, in the, in the, in the Far East, we, we, we perhaps view, um, you know, our authority in our, in our lives, our parents, um, our elders, our, our, in, our, in our workplace, our bosses. We have reference to those yeah. positions. That's right. That's right. And, um, Reference where it's um, where it has integrity mm. is great, mm-hmm. but if if people just do what someone says because they have charisma, or because um, of who they are, yes, or the amount of money they have, or you know all sorts, they have some title, or you know, based on on reference. Um, and that person doesn't check themselves. Indeed, that yeah. can cause some major catastrophes, right? So then we're also sort of talking about the abuse of power, aren't we? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think abuse. I love what you said about Peter Parker, right? So the responsibility is there's the responsibility I think around abuse of power, and there's an even more responsibility about awareness of your power. Yes. Because yeah. sometimes we just act without knowing that we actually have a position of power here, so we need to be more yeah. careful. So can I, can I add a question here then? Mm, I, think, I think it's a really important question. Yeah. Now, what assumptions do we make about how we gain power um, in our workplace or how oh, we granted yeah. power in the workplace? Do you think it's that conscious? I, I, I'm not sure it's that conscious. The only place where I think that could possibly be conscious is the fifth type of power. Mm. which is expert power. Oh, yeah. You know, so if I'm an expert in something, I know I have power because people will come to me for that knowledge. Yes, yes. And that thinking. That's true, yes. Right? So I think in in that case, I'm conscious about my power and possibly responsible about it. Okay. I, I, I think it kind of shows up also, you know, with the whole corona thing recently and we see all these chief scientific officers and people come up and talk and you know it must be a huge responsibility for them to talk truth to power right rather Mm -hmm. than do what the politicians or um, other lobby groups maybe pharmaceutical companies do you know 
maybe rather than do that, to really stay pure to the expertise and, and the facts. Yes, yes, oh, so, absolutely. So there you go, five types of power. Reward, reward coercive, positional, referent, and expert. Those are my, my first five there. Okay, wonderful. So, so it, it seems to me like you know, power is a dynamic, and a, you know that occurs in um, you know for some of us it will be conscious, some of us it will be unconscious in terms of the way whether we're granted it, whether we take it for granted, whether we assume to have it, or we assume others to have it. Um, by creating a, just a little bit of a awareness, we can question some of the assumptions we make around power whether power comes with authority or whether if you've been authority that get that equal to power i i tend to think of power as something very specific in the influencing point of view that if you can influence somebody's outcome of their behaviors the way they think then you have some degree of power there right but that's not necessarily equivalent to authority because you could have authority but you still got to work hard to influence people right so authority doesn't always equate with power yeah. in the way that I'm defining it, in the way yeah. that we influence individuals and, yes. the, and what they do and, 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 yeah. and their outcomes in that sense. Yeah. And yes, and influence is very different, isn't it? Because you could have positional power, but people won't say anything in the room, but they'll go, um, go away and not do anything that you thought. Oh. They'll, they'll talk about you in, in, you know, they'll talk about why they disagree with you. They, yeah. They'll talk about yeah. why, you know, why, why that meeting was terrible. And yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. or they'll flat out not take the actions. Oh, that's true too. Yeah. You know, and that has a huge impact as well. So, um, you know, I'm particularly interested in power in the context of um, equity, diversity, inclusion, belonging, um, and even in, you know, uh, environmental and social governance. Yes. And I think you know, the responsibility there is the extent to which you want to steward your power. Yes. And um, the extent to which you want to be an ally. And so how you can use your power to the benefit of others. Oh, absolutely. Which is why I, I really think that actually starting with some core questions about how we view power in our organisation would uncover some of those um, yeah. dynamics. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, is it an organization in which no decision can be made unless the operating committee says yes? Yes. You yeah, know, some, some organizations are like that. Or, or is it the kind of organization where power is with the unions? Mm, mm. Less so nowadays, right? But yeah. there's a time when um, you couldn't kind of pass anything through the organization unless the unions were on board. Indeed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. where does power lie in the organization? Um, I've got some thoughts on if you, so one thing I'm really concerned about is for people to be able to influence, yes, influence, but influence themselves. You know, we can influence others, but we can only influence others if we can influence ourselves. Yes. And very often when we give away our power, we can't influence ourselves because we're in this negative conversation about ourselves. Mm. Tell me more about that, between this so, giving away. You know, so there are times where you don't have power and that mm -hmm. can 
paralyze you or it can stop you taking action or, you know, so you need to find ways to overcome that imbalance of power. And really, how can you do that? So there are many ways, right? So you might be, for example, in a job where you feel really um, disenfranchised um, and you can't see a way forward either for your career or for what you're committed to um, in terms of what you leave in the world. Um, and you might be sitting there worrying about it and you just kind of you, you know, make yourself smaller and smaller, so to speak. Um, if it's about your career, I think, you know, really you can start to broaden the lens, widen the mm. lens mm. and look at what are my options for my career here. Um, you can also focus on your successes. Very often when we don't have power and we're kind of getting disenfranchised, um, we don't share successes, right? So I think, I think it's important. I, you know, we're trained to be modest, aren't we? We're trained to not really sh- uh, show off, right? In, in uh, Well, you're talking about us women, not men in general. So we're talking about, are we talking yeah. about gender? Well, no, specific? Do, you know, no, do you know, I'm talking about any underrepresented group. So right. it might be gender, it might be people of colour, it might mm. be, um, you know, somebody with a certain kind of disability or, mm. um, you know, sexuality less so because it's not visible. Mm-hmm. but could be right so those people who are in the minority group in an environment who are underrepresented in an environment such as an organization can tend to not want to share their success successes and their knowledge so much um, but I think it's you know you can become the go-to person for what you're good at um, you can let your authentic charisma shine through without feeling like you need to conform. Um, what I'm basically saying is, you know, don't put shutters around yourself. Mm-hmm. You know? um, another thing you can do is just let yourself know that actually you're going to be okay. You know, you've survived this far, so you're going to survive. Um, might not feel too good at the moment, but this too shall pass. So that's yeah. the third thing, you know. So, so this is very much about the individual dimension now. Exactly. So we're not really talking about the organization and no. the no, no. It's, it's the role no. of the individual in that organization. Yeah. yeah. And we all have a responsibility to reclaim our power, whether that's, yeah. uh, you know, so I've mentioned already, you know, look for options for your career, look at sharing success and becoming the go-to person, know that you're going to be okay and remind yourself of that. If you're stuck somewhere that's shrinking you, mm-hmm. um, where you don't have power, look at what that's costing you, you know, and then, um, and then set boundaries. Yeah. You know, you can be really clear about the boundaries you're setting. And all th- those five things, my second five, um, will really enable you to reclaim your power and let yourself shine through, your authentic self shine through, Um so, yes, um, this is one of my passions, as you know. So thank you for letting me go off on one about it. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for joining us. Our intention is to bring you new insights about the impact of power, privilege and purpose at work for you, 
and for your organization. You can check out our episode description for social media accounts and don't forget to send in your questions and you can send those to our email equitychampions at belongingpioneers.com. We look forward to sharing more about power, privilege and purpose at work with you on this podcast. Now, if you got value, please remember to share it with your networks. Please leave us a review. And as Cami said, please do remember to send us any questions that you'd like us to discuss on this podcast. And we'll see you next time. Next time. Bye.